Welcome back to Part of the Story, Red Your Public Library's official podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Claire Brown, and today I'm joined by Sarah Spur. Sarah, we're, oh, we're potting again once more. So today, Sarah and I, we were chatting about what we could, you know, talk about. And if you are regular listeners, Sarah gave us an excellent topic a couple of uh, months ago that she wasn't able to join that Sage and I did, but we thought, how do people pick their next reads? And in that, is it cover-based? Is it other-based? We'll see. So Sarah sourced some excellent articles. So we thought we would take you through some of our favorite points from some of those articles. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. They were very interesting reads for sure. They are. And like when you deep dive into it a little bit, a lot of people have a lot of opinions on how people should go about picking their next reads right before we came on. Uh, Sarah, do you want to say how some people suggested to pick your next reads? Oh, yeah. Like uh, my favorite was it's called the pet method where you just like spread your books out and whichever one your pet pitch picks first, that's the one you read next. I was like, I don't think I trust my dog not to like eat the books, but <laughs> I know what is my dog's taste? Perhaps we need to find that out. Maybe we have the same taste. Maybe we have completely different tastes. Um, so we have a couple of really uh, sort of great articles. Um, one in particular that I quite liked was from Medium and it's from December, 2020. The author was Sued Hamal. And it's these six tips will help you choose your next book to read. So you're like six, six tips. That seems doable. That seems like something that any reader could sort of get into. And my favorite tip is literally the first one that the author gives. Any thoughts on what it is, Sarah? Do you recall it from uh, your readings? Is it like, don't pick too many books at once. I feel like that was one of them. That is on the list. But the first thing is to read your favorite author's works, to go back in the backlist of books that you know that you've liked, authors you know that you have liked, and you know go through their backlist and see if you can connect with some of their backlists. I think that that is an excellent suggestion. Oh, really? Yeah, I find I find like sometimes you connect with a particular book, not necessarily their whole work. So like that's I true. Mean, Are you you're not a backlist reader. This is no, a scoop no. for our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been disappointed because especially if you read like their newest book, they've grown as an author. That's right. so they they've learned things so the things you might like in that new book won't necessarily be in their older books so I struggle really, to read older books that's a really interesting point and I had never really thought about it that way but we have had discussions about that um Sarah and I are both part of the happy ever after book club so a lot of times in those discussions we talk about have you read this author before will you read this author in the future. And I think when we think about the future, we think their next book, right? And not their backlist. Mm -hmm. So that is an interesting point that I haven't really looked at that perspective of like, yeah, like let's say it's their 10th book, let's say. Like romance authors yeah. have a lot of books, right? Their first book probably needed to be workshopped a little more. You're like, you're right, right? Yeah. Like, and well, and you learn things as you go. And that's just 
that's just how doing things works. So, you know, you, you find out what works for you and what your readers like and where your story leads you. And I think particularly, I enjoy reading books that are like, they're like fourth or fifth book, not necessarily always the first or second. And that is a really good point because sometimes when you're reading a first book, you think to yourself, this reads like a first book, right? Yeah, uh, there's something 100%, about the yeah. word choice. There's something about the plot devices used where you're like, okay, so this person is sort of trying, like they're a good writer probably, right? They're published, um, but they're playing it safe a little bit. They are playing it familiar, if you will. So yeah, that is a conversation. I'm surprised. I'm surprised I haven't thought about this before, Sarah. But like you and I have had this <laughs> conversation of like it reads like a first book, even if it's not a first book. Maybe it's a second or a third book, but there's just something about it where you're like, this reads like a first book. Well, it could be their first book in that genre. It could be their first book without the a certain publisher or a editor, like because editors can change a book too. So it's just an interesting thought. It is. So I'm still going to, I'm not as wholeheartedly as I was <laughs> at the beginning, but I still am going to say if you're stuck and there's an author that you have really connected with either, you know, their middle works, their new works or their older works, look in some of their backlist. I will, I will give that a tacit approval. Sarah's coming down on the side of maybe not, but that's fine. <laughs> there's going to be different readers, different things, right? Mm-hmm. So the second one on this list, and I think we all do this, like if you're a, let's call it high volume reader. Like if you're a reader that reads more than one book per year, you're probably keeping track of your books in some type of way, either like what's coming out or a favorite author's new book or whatever. Like you're keeping track of that in some way. I think for me, it's Goodreads. For some people, it's like literally a notebook. Um, So you're making a list. So their second thing to suggest is to create a personal reading list. So it says that it doesn't have to be anything fancy and it might just contain a handful of books, but one of the strategies um, that you can use to pick out a book from this list is thinking about how relevant the book you'll read will be to that particular period of time. So are you a mood reader? Do you read to alleviate stress? Um, Are you busy? Are you less busy? Are you looking for something that mirrors a particular time in your life, et cetera? Do you create separate lists, Sarah? Or would you create separate reading lists? Uh, I never really thought about that because I'm kind of a, what I feel, I'm a mood reader. So like I could read like a hundred books of romance and then just all of a sudden it's like, you know what? I need to read sci-fi now for no apparent reason. (laughs) I need some robots. What? I need maybe some murder. I need some space. <laughs> <laughs> right. So like I I could see like maybe creating list for like when I have those like, oh, I want a lovey-dovey book. So I'll have my romance list and then I'll have my action adventure and my sci-fi and my nonfiction. And I could see doing that. That would make a lot of sense. It might make my life a little easier, actually, <laughs> instead of scrolling through my endless list of Goodreads where it's just a bunch of books all clumped together. Yeah, it's the infinite TBR, right? It's just like you're, you're especially at work at the library. You talk to, excuse me, you talk to patrons, you talk to coworkers, and it's constantly like, this book was great. I love this book. Have you checked this one out? This is a new like genre for me. Have you read this genre? And then you're like adding book, adding book, adding book. 
And sometimes you don't know why you added the book, who told you to add the book, what genre it is. Sometimes it's just the title and it's like, yeah. So if you, I don't know that I am organized enough in this world to have like a mood list for each mood or like a genre list. I don't know Mm -hmm. that I'm quite at that level, but I also love the idea that someone is at that level. Like it's something to aspire to for my own personal reading. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm the kind of person that puts a hundred books on hold and then I get them like two months later and I'm like, why, why do I have this? Like I'm never (laughs) going to read this. Why did I put this on hold? (laughs) I think we are all like that. So if you're starting or if you're thinking about creating a list or you don't know where to start creating a list, Red Republic Library will actually send you a personal recommendation list. So if you go to our website, rdpl.org forward slash may dash we dash suggest, or you can look under services for may we suggest, um, you can fill out a form. You talk a little bit about what you've liked reading in the past or what you might be interested in in the future. And we will send you a personalized book recommendation list. And you can peruse that. You can say, you know what? This is a no, this is a no. We can revise the list for you until we get to a point where you're like, yes, every single one of these books is something that I'm interested in. Perfect. You know what I mean? Have you ever used we suggest? Sarah, are you a person who likes to be suggested a book? Uh... So it depends on who's suggesting it. Cause like sometimes you get suggestions and like you see, think they have similar tastes as you. And then you read the book and you're like, Oh no, we have very different <laughs> ideas about what is a good book. <laughs> Which is like reading is so, so personal. So I super, super agree with that. Which is, I think why this sort of like, nobody has a horse in the race for these may we suggest lists. Staff at Red Your Public Library literally just want to match you with your list. So you can obviously always talk to staff, whomever you happen to find, be like, what are you reading? What do you like? And maybe Mm -hmm. you jive with it and it's like a match. And maybe it's just like, I would never read that book in a million years. I don't know what interests (laughs) you in that, which is totally valid and fine too. So if you're looking for something to read, definitely look into May We Suggest. If the turnaround time is fairly quick, you'd have your personalized list. Um, The books are all available at the library, so in multiple formats, usually. So however you like to enjoy your book, you can enjoy your book and your list. And I definitely think that people should use, maybe suggest. Yeah, it's a good service. So this one I'm going to modify slightly, number three on the list. So it says, go to a bookstore and pick up a book that sparks interest in you. I'm going to say, or the library, because the stakes are far smaller at the library. Uh, If you live in the city of Red Deer, you can get your library card for free, which means basically unlimited borrowing in a three-year period. So you could just go and be like, yeah, that one sparks my interest. Take it home. Maybe realize 15 pages in, you know what? I was a different person in the library (laughs) than I am in this moment, which I think we all have, Sarah. (laughs) yes uh it's funny you should mention like just like going to the bookstore and grabbing or like the library and grabbing a bunch of books I'm definitely a dabbler when it comes to reading so you take like 10 books home and you read 10 first chapters and then you make your choice (laughs) so like if I had to pay for all my books that would be insane (laughs) because I probably wouldn't read half of them (laughs) 
Well, exactly. And then you feel guilty and maybe you're reading against your mood or against your interest just because mm-hmm. you feel like you have to because you spent the money, which I will absolutely say I have done in the past. So for this particular one where you're just like, I don't know, I'm just going to see what strikes me in the moment. I would say do that at the library where it literally costs you zero dollars. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty low stakes. If you don't like it, just bring it back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I will say that, although I do love a browse in a bookstore, I'm not going to lie. I love a used bookstore. I love a bookstore and I love a browse in the library. I am one of those people who can be really drawn to displays um, because when you see spines, sometimes that doesn't mean anything to you, but when you see the displays, you're like, okay, I'm into this. This is what I'm looking for. So yeah, come on down, look at all the displays at any of our branches really, and you know, see what strikes your fancy in that moment. It's like reading roulette, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds more dangerous than it is. This is an interesting one, especially given what you just mentioned about taking home potentially 10 books just to like sample before choosing, right? (laughs) Number four is don't do that. Number four is do not make choices in bulk. So clearly Sarah is coming down against that. I mean, like, if I'm in, like, a book slump, I'll take one book home that I'm, like, okay, I think I'm going to read this one. But, like, if I'm, like, uh, between books, I don't know what I want to read next, I'm, I'm, like, just going with the flow, yeah, I'll try 10 different books, and I'll probably be reading all 10 books at the same time. (laughs) That's usually what happens. (laughs) A little bit here, a little bit there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This one does make a good point, because it suggests that if you have bulk books, if you have that stack let that literal physical to be read stack, like by your bed, by your couch, that it starts feeling mm-hmm. like homework. Like you have to check off one title to move on to the next. So it can make I, I you, can that. yeah. So it can make you feel overwhelmed. So you don't pick up the first book because you're already thinking about, oh, there's four others there that I have to get to. It's an ish, like, that's an interesting point. As a person yeah. who is surrounded by books that she has not yet read, um it's an interesting point because it can feel overwhelming it's like the infinite scroll on netflix or a streaming service right you have so many options that you don't know where to start so i do think that that's an interesting point yeah maybe take one or two especially if you're getting back into reading yeah and like just taste them see see if they're your vibe (laughs) this one i am such a huge convert of and i used to be and like Sarah, you can chime in. Are you a finisher of all books that you pick up? Oh, no. I, I DNF books all the time. If I, I'm not jiving with it, I have no qualms just putting <laughs> the book down and never thinking about it again. <laughs> if I'm like a little bit interested, I might skip to the end and just read the ending to see if it's worth like finishing. Slogging. But <laughs> oh, yeah. Like I will just, I will no qualms with leaving a book behind. there's too many good books out there to read a terrible book (laughs) it's so true have you always been that type of reader or are you a more recent convert to the if the book's not for me pass uh I would say like a relatively new convert to that because 
like when I was younger and I was like buying my books if I bought it I felt this like intense pressure to finish it because I paid for it but yeah. like when I'm borrowing them from the library or a friend or whatever yep just we're done <laughs> <laughs> not the one I agree and I am the same as you like I definitely feel like as I've gotten older I've I don't know found the confidence even though it's just with myself to be like, this book is not for you and that's okay. You can get another book. It's okay. Because it is this pressure of like, oh, you know, did I buy it? Or was I looking forward to this book? That's the worst is when you were like Mm -hmm. super looking forward to a book and you are reading it and it's just not landing with you at that time. Maybe it'll land with you later, but it's not landing with you, but you feel so guilty because you had hyped it up in your mind as like, this is the one I'm so excited. Like, does that happen to you, Sarah? Um, I wouldn't say I like hype books up usually very much, but like I've had other people hype books up to me and then I start reading them and you're just like, oh, this is not <laughs> for me. <laughs> that, yeah, that is kind of the worst too, especially like we work in a field obviously where there are a lot of readers. So sometimes when you are sort of, in between books and you're not really sure of what mood you might be in you'll chit chat to someone you'll be like what have you read that's good what do you think I would like because we know each other here right yeah and then they're like loved this one I think this is a match for you you start reading it and you're like oh <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's not, not right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> we are outing ourselves to our co-workers in this moment <laughs> No one's going to suggest us any more books anymore. I know. It's going to be so dangerous. I actually really like this one. And this is like my own personal goal because I have been extremely competitive with myself about this one, which is don't be obsessed with the number of books you have or should read. Oh. Like, I'm on a journey. I feel like a little calm, though. (laughs) I'm on a journey to not care about it as I used to. It's really hard though. Are you a, are you a goal setter, Sarah? Yes. Uh, every year I try and set a reasonable goal, which for <laughs> me is like, I always do like 60 or 52, depending on how I'm feeling. It's usually averages about a book and a half a week is what yeah. I usually read. Uh, but like, sometimes you get in those slumps and you don't read for a month and you start panicking. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to reach my goal. And you're like, this is supposed to be fun. Why am I making this a competition? (laughs) And it's a competition with yourself. That is the most hilarious part. And like Sarah and I are both Goodreads uh, users. Um, So Goodreads, for those of you who are not familiar, if you set your goal in Goodreads itself, it'll tell you how many books you are ahead or behind your goal for that year, which adds pressure. If you do have a month of no reading, for example, it'll say one book behind, two books behind, or whatever. And then you feel this like competitive, or at least I do, feel this like competitive, I don't know, spirit within myself to what? Read for my own enjoyment? It's so bizarre. I, I think it's like you get to pat yourself on your back and you're like oh I read um, this many books this year I did so good and yeah. like I know I'm really bad for I won't read like super long books unless I ha- I'm far enough ahead because I'll yeah. go behind <laughs> if I'm it takes me two weeks to read this book and it's like I'm I'm cheating myself of these excellent books because they're too long yeah and I don't know I know I need to stop doing it but it's really hard to stop 
It is really, really hard. And if you guys are pod listeners, um, Shannon and I, last month, we were talking about goals, intentions, resolutions for this year. And one of mine was to not care about my reading goal. I didn't want to not set one because I have set one since 2013 and I'm a creature of habit. But I set a goal that I knew was easily achievable for myself that I will hit before summer. And I did it because I don't want the pressure of your behind, which I experienced last year quite a few times. And it makes reading homework when reading is supposed to be enjoyable. It's supposed to be informative. It's supposed to be something that you're interested in and that you want. And like, no one even cares about your reading goal. No one even cares that you're seven behind. Like, it's so silly, this pressure that we put on ourselves. So I definitely, like, I'm, I'm still working on it for sure. Like, I still have those moments where I'm like, I'm so far ahead of my goal. I should, I should up my goal. And it's like, no, just calm down. You've done this for a reason. (laughs) Just like, stop. (laughs) you can read for pleasure. So yeah, this one is, I think, very important to people who are perhaps super goal oriented, make themselves feel very guilty for being behind or not hitting their goals. Don't be obsessed with the number. Make it one. If you know that you're going to read 60 books a year and you just want to keep track of them, make it one. (laughs) (laughs) Goal done. Good to go. I might actually do that next year. Just be like, I'll read one That's not a bad plan. (laughs) Just make sure the first one is like five stars and then the rest are good. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, So in the same vein, how to decide what books to read next. Sarah sourced an article from Hooked to Books, which I had never heard of until now, but I do like a lot of their articles. This one is from March of last year by Grace Plant. And it's how to decide what books to read next. And I think the first one is actually really, really good, especially for people who haven't read in a long time or haven't read a different thing in a long time. So like I'm a romance reader, so I know I like romance. But what if I also like sci-fi? What if I also like fantasy, etc.? So <laughs> the first tip, if you will, is to identify any and all genres you might be interested in. So to like really like look at the genres and be like, yeah, maybe this, maybe this, maybe this. So you narrow down your choices or you maybe expand your choices depending on your view of where you're reading. And (laughs) then it lets you sort of move forward. So she says this is very clearly tied to her tip number two, which Sarah, identify your tastes. Do you know what I mean? So like in your genre, why do you like that genre? Oh, okay. Like, so like if I specifically like suspense romance, yes, but I don't necessarily like historical romance, like you can narrow, even like in something as big as like sci-fi, there's like different genres within the sci-fi. Exactly. So you can like nail down which ones you like. Okay. Yeah. So I do you can, like the overview, that. like space opera, or do you want like an off world type of story where it, right. you know, takes place on an alien planet, etc. So identifying your tastes, I think are really important. And within that, I think writing styles. So she mentions about writing styles. 
a lot of books have like an omniscient narrator or a third person um, narration where you get multiple characters perspectives from basically an omniscient has no skin in the game voice right yeah um they're just telling you a story but then there are some that are more personal stories like a first person narrative type of story that have a fairly limited pov because you are maybe only getting your main character's version Mm -hmm. of the events what's your preference sarah what would be your taste Uh, Ooh, um i kind of like like third person i enjoy that especially depending on if it's like a mystery or something. Uh, But I like first person like dual narrative for like a romance. So like where it flips between two characters. I'm I love that a lot. But I also have a problem with first person because they're usually unreliable narrators. (laughs) (laughs) Especially in a mystery genre. I will give you that for sure. Like usually in romance, you see it from one character's perspective and the other character's perspective. And the Mm -hmm. incident might be similar, but a little bit different depending on what sort of baggage they're bringing to, you know, their relationship. But yes, nothing. And like romance readers, I don't like to be guessing. I want to know what their feelings are. Even if they don't know what their feelings are, I'm down for it. But Unreliable narrators have become quite popular in the mystery slash thriller genre. And I've always had like a really hard time with it because I'm the type of person who wants to guess the twist. And if I was lied to by an unreliable narrator, how can I guess the twist? Yeah, (laughs) I feel like it's kind of cheating because like you're not actually giving us any facts. You're just like, I'm going to lie to you. And then rip the rug out from under you when you think you've solved the mystery turns out you know nothing (laughs) exactly I agree and like for writing a mystery if you're going to write a mystery that no one can figure out having an unreliable narrator as the twist is kind of perfect because then your mystery can be anything you want (laughs) yeah (laughs) and people will be shocked because yeah they were lied to for maybe three quarters of the book in terms of what was actually happening Um, And for some of our listeners who maybe don't sort of get what we're saying with Unreliable Narrator, if you have read slash seen Gone Girl, there you are. There's a perfect example of an unreliable narrator. Um, But it's often women as well, which I think could be a whole separate conversation as women as unreliable narrators. We might have to table that for another future podcast, Sarah. Thoughts? (laughs) <laughs> yeah there are quite a few <laughs> I've uh the ones I have read though they're written by women so maybe but I still think it's like funny a... that it's almost always a woman as the unreliable narrator I just think it's interesting food for thought food for thought as we race towards International Women's Day coming up in March um so the second or the excuse me the third tip which is kind of the second because the first two are a little bit connected is read what you like i could not be a bigger proponent of read what you like don't read what's popular don't read what you think you should be reading don't read your homework books because you feel like everyone's read blank and so i have to read it too read what you like read for pleasure read what you like don't feel guilty there's no guilty pleasures if you like what you like like what you like what are your thoughts, Sarah? Uh, I agree. Um, I am. I believe like reading is reading. Like when kids want to read comic books, 
who cares? It's a book. They're reading. Like, everybody's got to start somewhere. Read what you like. Reading's supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be, like, this thing that you're forced to do. Exactly. Especially reading is less reading than other reading. If you're, like, reading a Western because you love it, love it. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be reading a historical fiction or, you know, a nonfiction on whatever. You can just like what you like. And I think we have to get to the place where you can just like what you like. And I Mm -hmm. hope that people do. And I think, I think a lot of this, like maybe for you too, Sarah, I feel a little bit personal about it because I am primarily a romance reader. So romance readers are primarily looked upon as like, oh, you just want something fluffy. You just want something quick. You just want something, whatever. Okay. So what if I do? (laughs) So what if I do? That's not a crime. I was going to say, I'm a busy lady. I want to be able to set my book down, come back three months later and still know what's happening. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And I just think if you read what you like, you will have a much longer relationship over your lifetime of reading than if you force yourself to read what you think you should. And we're all about like, we're all about reading for pleasure through your entire lifetime. So do it. Who cares? Like no one here will judge your tastes. I would never judge someone's reading tastes because I don't want to be judged for mine. We're allowed to like what we like. Humans are all different. We all connect to different things. Some things are fairly shocking. We'll just give a little bit of a uh, backstory. For example, Sarah and I both read romance. Sarah likes a nice best friends to lovers story. (laughs) I like an enemy to lovers story, which may be a serial killer. We don't know. It doesn't matter. both are valid reading and we can both enjoy our books (laughs) it's true (laughs) so tip number four which we sort of touched on with the other ones is to ask friends or family or you know library people uh for recommendations are you good at asking for a recommendation versus receiving them unsolicited sarah um i usually like just like to strike up a conversation because we all read here at the library. Like if it's slow, you'll talk to your coworker and you'll be like, Hey, what you read anything good lately? <laughs> and like, if they can, like, usually if someone really likes a book, they'll make like a fairly good argument for why you should read this book. And they'll give you like a spoiler free, usually <laughs> recap <laughs> of what happens in this book. And you're like, okay, yeah, I could get behind that. I don't know. Sometimes um, like people will recommend stuff to you. Like, For instance, like my sister will give me a recommendation and she's like, I think you might like this. And then I read it. I was like, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if I want that one. (laughs) But and it's different perspectives, too. Like we should mention that Sarah's sister is is quite a bit younger. Um, It's her littlest sister. (laughs) Yeah, She's quite a bit younger. I'd say 11 years. So. Yeah, she's in high school and, you know, I'm, I'm not in that point in my life anymore. <laughs> I, I like that she recommends you books because you know that it she's so engaged with books that hopefully it will be a lifelong love for her as well, that her tastes will grow and mature. And, you know, sometimes she, maybe she'll revisit those older books and be like, oh, I told my older <laughs> sister to read this. 
maybe it wasn't a map. I see it now. You know what I mean? <laughs> I am terrible at yeah. asking for recommendations. I'm absolutely terrible. Like I'm really bad oh, really? at asking for uh, recommendations, mostly because if someone loves something and they hype it up, then my expectations are like way too high. And I feel like oh, no. I'm setting myself up for failure or I just, there's so many like books in the world that I just want to like hunt them down and like find them and be like a discoverer of like a new book that I love. It's so weird, but yeah, like I really struggle with taking recommendations and it's so silly because everyone has such great taste around here. And I have taken a few recommendations here and there. Um, but I just, I really, I struggle with like asking for a recommendation. If someone is giving me a recommendation unsolicited, then I can receive that in a different way. But I so rarely go to someone and be like, tell me what to read next or what should I read next? Or like, you know, like, I just, I don't think I've ever said those words out loud. They felt weird coming out of my mouth just now. <laughs> yeah, no, like we have some coworkers that like I 100% trust their taste. And if I'm in like a, I don't know what to read next and between books I'll be like hey uh, I want to read this and they'll they'll go in the catalog and they'll pull me up like five books and go get them for me and I'm like okay I'll give one of these a shot <laughs> see that's the way to do it I am bad it's one of the things that I should work on for sure here's an interesting one double up on books so read more than one book at a time are you a reader of more than one book at a time Yes. <laughs> Interesting. Um, different genres, I, similar genres. Uh, usually different formats. So, like, I'll read like a comic book and a paperback book and an audio book all at the same time. Because, like, if I'm driving, I want to listen to a book. But, like, if I just want to like chill out for a bit, I'll read my comic book for a quick read because usually it only takes you about a day. And then your other book is for there when you're angry at the ending of the comic. <laughs> so you're just constantly like refilling so that you're never without oh, yeah. I mean yeah. it makes sense every time I'm in between books you can sort of tell because I am sort of at at a loss in the evening I'll be like what do I feel like reading I don't know and then you just like putter around and you do whatever and like you can super tell like so yeah I should probably read more than one at once, but I just, I never have. Sometimes I'll listen to an audiobook and have a paper book on the go, but very, very rarely. So this is a perfect tip and it takes us into reading a book by its cover. So the suggestion is look at covers and if one grabs you, that's the one. Have you mm -hmm. ever chosen a book just from its cover, put it in the bag, didn't read the synopsis, put it in the bag, took it home. Yes. <laughs> and how did it work out? Um, usually it's pretty good. I have I have my system for how I pick books. So I kind of um, <laughs> judge a book by its cover. If it looks too cheesy, I won't pick it up. Because I think if a, a company really believes in their story, they'll give it a good cover. So and like, if it's like that you should bring that up. Like, so before you, before you get to your other system, literally in this article that Sarah sourced, it's called, yes, we really do judge books by its cover. So you're talking about how if it's cheesy, you're out, you're not picking it up. You're not reading the synopsis. It's not going in the bag. So 
there's an author called R.L. Mathewson, who's a romance writer who writes primarily for KDP, which is um, Amazon's like self-publishing area. So when they first published their romance book, it had a typical romance cover. So take that how you will. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, cheesy, expected, etc. So this author sold maybe five or six copies of their book a day. They started working with a cover person, a person who designs covers, and they wanted to go a completely different route. So they re-uploaded their book with a different cover. And it's a book I've read. It's called Playing for Keeps. It is really good. I think I did read it with the cheesy cover. Um, and now they sell a thousand books a day. Hmm. So like people are judging books by their cover, I think particularly in romance. So you're not picking up the cheesy cover. You are clearly not alone. <laughs> so if it's a cheesy cover, you're just like, pass straight away. Okay. So it's totally genre dependent. So like True. if I'm reading like a sci-fi, I'm not picking up the cheesy cover. Just because <laughs> I like my sci-fi a little more rooted in reality. As or we all same with like sci-fi. <laughs> same with like fantasy. Like I like an urban fantasy. So like yeah. I don't want like floating planets or whatever. <laughs> I also, when I'm picking a book for romance, I don't want some guy with no shirt on the cover. Like I'm not going to read that. Classic though. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's what a lot of people think of, particularly when they think of romance, is this like, you know, half-dressed gentleman on the front, clearly there for, you know, I don't know, titillation, I suppose. Um, so in this other article, it's from Paper Procrastinators and it says, I judge books by their covers and so do you. Obviously we both do. Um, but it was talking specifically about this move away in the romance genre, specifically of this like old school, quote unquote, trashy cover. Um, so when some readers look at a book and they don't see a shirtless man on the cover, they assume that it's either not a romance or it's not a trashy romance. And we're using trashy in quotations here because it's, you know, it's sort of the fallback of what people describe romance as. So a lot of times romance books in the last, what, two, three years, they are covers that are illustrated. And yeah. they do, the illustrated covers to me sort of signify a more sweetness or a more chiclet vibe of a romance book. But sometimes that can be deceiving. Have you been yes. deceived by an illustrative cover of romance? Yes. Uh, it was funny. A couple of years ago, I read the Red, White, and Royal Blue, and it has like a really cheesy comic cover. And like, it's just like two cartoon characters on the front of the book. And I was just reading it and it was so spicy like <laughs> I had never read anything that spicy before and I was like I thought this was like a young adult novel <laughs> like I was totally caught off guard it was very good I enjoyed it but I was just I was not expecting that <laughs> which is sort of an interesting thing because if you are judging a book by its cover and you think that you're getting one thing like I wonder how many readers are disappointed when they're getting something else because mm -hmm. 
publishers or authors or whatever are trying to sort of market it to a more general audience where it's this illustrated cover and it looks all sweet and it's just a nice story, et cetera, et cetera. And then you get into it, romance especially, and you're like, oh, it is spicier than I imagined. And then you think about how many people might've picked that book up and thought that it was sort of like one of those sweet, you know, in romance, they call it a clean romance when there's no like spicy bits, but um, they don't mean it in like a dirty slash clean way. They just, it's like dirty or it's like clean and spicy. But if you're picking up one of those illustrated covers and you're like, this isn't going to be spicy. And then it is. I just, I don't know. Like you said that you were surprised that that one wasn't YA. You weren't alone judging from some of these articles. So what are some of your thoughts on books maybe not being accurately represented by their covers? Um, I, I don't know. Cause like, if you read the back, it does tell you what the book is about. <laughs> so maybe if I took two seconds to flip the book over, I wouldn't be as surprised <laughs> or read a couple of reviews. Um, but like, I guess like if I'm reading a romance and there's like a knife on the cover, I'm going to be a little shocked if the, the knife never comes to anything or like if the cover totally misrepresents the book. So I mean, like there's, I just don't want like false advertising, right? Like if there's like a steamy kiss on the cover and then there's no romance, everyone's going to be really disappointed. <laughs> it's, it's a good point for sure. So I think we've offered some good tips. We will definitely say check out Novelist on our website. It's a very great resource for if you like a book or if you like an author, mm-hmm. genre, etc., it will prompt you with some things that other readers have liked um, as well. Use Goodreads, come down to the library and chat with us. Do a maybe yeah. suggest, do something. Yeah. Uh, we'd love to yeah. talk to you. So definitely engage with us about your books and, and how you choose your books. So you can you know, hit us up on social media and tell us about how you choose your books. I'm at what CCs and Sarah, where are you? <laughs> I'm on Instagram. At, you can DM uh, Sarah. <laughs> uh, nerd girl underscore uh, spur S spur. <laughs> so let us know how you're picking your books. Um, whether you do feel like covers should represent, whether you like it to be a certain style for a genre, let us know how you're feeling about it. So before we leave you today, we're going to let you know what we've been reading, watching, and listening to in this beautiful February thus far of 2022. Sarah, what have you been reading? Uh, I have been reading Lore Olympus. I actually just finished it on my lunch break. Very good. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> it is very good. So can you tell the our listeners a little bit of a backstory about it, a little bit what it is? Uh, so it's kind of like the Greek gods, and it's a comic book that's about particularly Hades and Persephone, Favorite. and like <laughs> them getting together, and it's this world building of like all these Greek gods, and it's kind of set in like a futuristic, not yeah. Greek um, pantheon. It's very interesting, like it's uh, very colorful and bright. It's a very beautiful comic book. 
I it is. very much enjoyed it. So it, it does originally, leave you on though. Yeah. So it was originally <laughs> published on Webtoon, and I think you can probably still get it on Webtoon if you're a person who doesn't want to wait. Um, but this one was just recently released, I think at the end of fall 2021. Does that sound right to you, Sarah? Uh, sure. I. <laughs> it was totally off my radar. I only read it because I have become mildly obsessed with Persephone's and Hades stories. So Perfect. totally not on my radar before. Um, and then volume two comes out this summer. So you can borrow it from the library. You can place a hold on volume two now as well. So definitely do it. What have you been watching, Sarah? Uh, I have been watching The Attack on Titans. I was talking to Sage about it. So <laughs> you are a convert. Uh, me and a couple of our coworkers, we have a, a Discord where we'll watch it together and we'll talk to each other during and after the show to like try and like get each other to watch it because we were a little hesitant at first because you know everyone liked it, but it's very good. I'm really enjoying it. Ooh, nice. And what have you been listening <laughs> to? Uh, well, Billy Talent just released a new uh, album, so I've been Did listening they? to. Yeah, in uh, January, it's a. Uh, crisis of faith and I've been obsessed with it I've been like cleaning my house listening to it <laughs> and doing my dishes <laughs> you're yeah. in a different place <laughs> now true. probably than the last time they released an album <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's too funny um so I am reading the fixer upper by Lauren Forsyth which is a book that I'm reviewing for a library journal it doesn't come out until August of this year but it's basically about a woman who thought that her life was like going fairly steadily and then she runs into an ex-boyfriend and then she realizes that every one of her ex-boyfriends has done better for her breaking up with them. So they get a better job. They find their, you know, romantic partner, they whatever. And she is sort of been the same. So she's trying to figure out why, but then she also wants to help women. So she's going to start this like service where they can do a fixer upper to their boyfriend so that they can keep them instead of being like, your potential is being wasted. I'm going to dump you. And then you're going to fulfill your potential with someone else. So I'm a little bit into it. I think it's going to be just like a cute chicklity read. Um, so I'm enjoying it so far. I recently, so my mom's visiting from uh, Winnipeg and I was making her watch American Horror Story, which like bad daughter, I know, um, but it's on Disney <laughs> Plus and you can watch all of them. And I hadn't rewatched some of the seasons. So I like that American Horror Story you can sort of jump around to be like whichever one you're into because they're sort of self-contained. So I made her watch Cult with me, which is the seventh season, I believe. And she every day she was like, why are we watching this? Why are we watching this? And then by the you know fourth or fifth episode, she's like, well, are we going to watch an episode? I need to know what's going on now. So she got <laughs> sucked into. So I would definitely recommend it. And then I finally saw Spider-Man No Way Home would recommend do you recommend watch spider-man no way home it'll it's been out since before christmas so we'll soon have copies available at the library um, i'm sure it'll be streaming on disney plus not too long afterwards sarah have you seen spider-man no i've been avoiding theaters <laughs> i know i went just like just this week and i was like mm, i'm gonna see it and then i think it's gonna be theaters out for me for a while um mm -hmm. 
And then I've been listening to also an album. It's funny that we're both recommending albums because typically we recommend podcasts. But I, I don't even know how I found this. It was like a Spotify recommend based on like my listens. And the album is called You Don't Own Me Anymore. And the band is The Secret Sisters. So it's a little bit like folksy kind of music. And I'm just like obsessed with the album. I just let it play and repeat and play and repeat. And my favorite track on the album, hands down, is He's Fine. It's so good. It's so sad. It's just so good. <laughs> oh, man. I'll have to check that out. It sounds really good. I really liked it. And it's like so random. Um, I love when things recommend stuff to you, speaking of books and other things. And it's just like somehow is the right one. It's like I would have never found that otherwise. I just I love the magic of that. <laughs> So thank you everyone for joining us today. We hope the rest of your February is glorious. Uh, we'll be back next month. Uh, not Sarah and I, but I think uh, Shannon, LaRondell and I will be back next month. So take care everyone out there in podcast land. Take care, Sarah. Bye. It was nice <laughs> chatting with you. <laughs>